Hi. Hello. And welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. You found the two PFFs you didn't know you needed, but you're glad you have. Congratulations. You have found your people. Enjoy the ride as we navigate what it's like to live live out loud. Hi. Hey. And welcome to Friday with Friends. Yes, it's exciting. So following up off the Enneagram, we decided that we would do a new segment that we introduced to you guys this week um, called Friday with Friends, where we invite our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe we invited them, maybe we twisted their arm, who knows, one or the other. But uh, the ones that we know are, you know, different numbers on the Enneagram, which everyone is, but we just happen to have a group of friends that meet every single number. So we have our first guest today who is an Enneagram 1 What's up, Quinn? Hey, hello. So, we have a series of questions that we're going to ask each of our friends each week, and we'll just dive right in. So, what makes you feel too much or not enough? So, something that makes me feel too much, I think, if I have to really think about it in context of, like, an Enneagram 1, is... When I have to constantly, and I know you know the most of this, KK, I have to constantly seek out others feelings and emotions i'm like am i reading the room wrong is everybody mad at me katie (laughs) sos and you're like nobody's mad we're literally just hanging out and i was like are you sure because i feel like and you're like no so that's when i feel a little bit too much is because i really have a hard time reading others emotions even though i think sometimes i'm i'm an empathetic person it's definitely one of my weaker traits um so that's when i feel like i'm too much and then kind of on the same token like not enough is like I know that there are probably better responses to like emotional events mm. than what I give. So, you know, someone <laughs> comes to me with something very heavy and I'm like, oof, you know, <laughs> that is tough. How would you like me to support you? And that's the best, I, that is me doing my best. Um, it's not natural for me. So that's definitely my biggest strife is an Enneagram one. I like it. I, I do too. I, it's, <laughs> it's fun hearing like, a type, a different type than your own, because mm-hmm. like us being type twos, hearing like their perspective on it, so just really cool. So this is exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, same. It's something you don't struggle with at all, but it is an internal struggle over here. Right. Well, see, caring for a two comes a little bit more naturally, but then we tend to overdo it. So. Yeah. Would you concur? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's interesting for me to hear the part about. Um, how can I support you? Because you want to be supportive. You want to, mm-hmm. you know, be there in those difficult situations. So it's interesting to hear how that comes across for you. And like for sure do. And it's just, I'm so logistical about it that I just need it to be laid out in front of me. And then I'm there for you and I've got your back. Like here are the steps to follow. I can't read anything well enough to know what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I have to be a very, it has to be very transparent communication with me for me to be effective at all. So. I dig that. I dig that. Mm-hmm. What do you? It's feel not that like, I don't care. Right. It's just hard. Naturally, as a type one, what would you want people to know about the type one? Um, I feel like the biggest thing I want to stress to everyone who's like, "Oh, look at you, Miss Type A, Miss Type One," because that's something that's been like slapped on my forehead since high school. Is like, yes, I am, but I'm not like a control freak. I'm not a control freak. I feel like that is the bis- biggest misunderstanding about type ones is. It's not that we want to have control over everything. It's that we just want to know. We're okay giving up 
control. I just, I just have to know the details for my stress, for my anxiety to be fine so I know what to anticipate, so I know how to best react, so I know how to best prepare. And I'm flexible with any changes that get made. I just want to know them. And I feel like that's like <laughs> a very like important clarification because I feel like a lot of times people, with me anyway, will approach me and think, oh, Quinn's got this whole itinerary written out for her vacation. Who does that? We're just trying to re- relax and rest or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 this is for me. I don't care what you do. <laughs> you could not come at all and I would be fine and we could change all of this. I just had to write it out to feel better. And so I think that's a that's a big thing that I think people need to understand about type ones is it's for us. It's not to control the situation, it's to control what's going on in our brain. I like that. Me too. I had I had not thought about it that way. No, because I mean I always was in school like, Oh, you're so type A, you like to be organized, you like this, this, this and it wasn't it was for the control. Like, I needed the control. So, like, it's really interesting and honestly kind of relieving because I feel like I have a lot of type 1s in my life. Oh, they just need that so they can have a sense of peace mm-hmm. and, like, collective. It's what calms them. Chill. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I like that. What makes you feel the most seen slash loved? How could other types in the world support love you, you and support you? Mm-hmm. So in true like type one fashion, when I was trying to think of a genuine response to this question, of course my mind frame went to like workforce. I don't know why. I didn't think about it in the house at all, like mm-hmm. with my husband or with my children or with my friends. I was like, hmm, how do I feel validated by my employers? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that speaks to my type somehow. There's some type of psychoanalyst or analysis you could do on that to, to answer why I went that route. But um. I feel really seen when someone catches me doing something that I'm obviously trying very hard at. Like, I've either worked really hard to get to the efficiency that I'm doing it with, or I'm working towards that level of efficiency, and they're like, hey, good job. Like, or, or if they just catch me off guard, and like, hey, I saw you, you always do this, just want to say I really appreciate you. Like, just constant words of affirmation that are not planned. Like, I don't do much for, like, the shows of affection or, like, the big, like... Um, this is expected because it's your birthday or because, you know, it's whatever, we're celebrating you. It's like, no, I was just, hey, I saw you do this, and that's awesome, and I appreciate it. And also, of course, I love to cook, so anytime somebody's just like, mm, yes, this is so good, I'm like, yeah, it is. Thank you. I worked really hard on that. I mean, that's finished up last night. So good. And anytime you want to bring me the food that you're posting on your Instagram reels, it's fine. I will. Welcomed. Please. 100%. Pull up. You're in a room. And there's a plate on the floor. Why would you pick it up? That is so funny because I'm sure this is also a deep dive into my psyche that you could do. I was like, literally because there's a plate on the floor and that's not where plates go. (laughs) That's why I picked it up. Rules, people. Rules. Rules. Plates have a place and no household should it ever be on the floor. Let's get it back where it goes. If it's dirty, put it in the dishwasher. If it's clean, put it up. Matter of fact, it touched the floor, put it in the dishwasher. It's dirty no matter what you do. (laughs) So I just don't understand I'm so curious to see how other types answer that question. Oh, we are too. Because, like, I literally, I cannot, but the type 1 of me is, like, my mindset is the only mindset that exists. It's on the floor. Get it up. So that'll be very interesting to see what comes out. Like, it is not supposed to be there. Stop. Everything has a place. Let's put it back. Yes. I think something, just to go backwards a little bit, because I was very excited to jump in and learn more about ones 
Katie, would you be opposed to kind of explaining from like a psychological standpoint from, you know, you've got the degree and things like what is a type one, just blanket statement. Cause I know Quinn is struggling with being the carrier of the one, a lot of weight speaking for all the type ones in the world. <laughs> so the type one is a lot of what you've described in your own words. I mean, it's great because the type one needs to be good they need to follow the rules and they need a sense of control. It's interesting for me that you talk about it as a control within yourself because I have not read that in a book anywhere. Um, and I definitely don't experience the world that way. So that was very interesting to hear. Um, but generally type ones do things out of a place of they want, they have a desire to be moral, ethical, good, um, and following rules is a big part of that. Um, if I, I kind of have a follow-up question yeah. as part of that in that I know you like to follow rules, but do they have to make sense to you in order for you to want to follow them? Um, I think I have aged enough in my thinking process that there was at once a time where, it, yes, I was very much like, I'm only going to follow the rules that make sense. Rebellion, rebellion. My rules make more sense. I'm going to, you know, and it was a little bit toxic. It was not great. Now that I've aged a little bit more, I think I'm actually able to judge it based on the person who's setting the rules or asking the, who's making the ask of me. Like if I trust their intentions, if I trust their overall person, then even if I question a little bit, I'm going to trust them in that moment and I'll just follow the, the slightly adjacent rule that I didn't want to follow, but that I trust them to ask um but if it's just like a blanket like y'all don't know me out there but I'm a little bit weird about the government so like if the government was to ask me something and I'd be like hmm I don't know that I trust you that much I would follow it because that's the moral thing to do but I would I would voice (laughs) my concerns whereas you know like the one-on-one I'd be like okay KK Mm -hmm. Alex they're good people it's a weird ask but I'm gonna trust them so Mm -hmm. it's definitely person by person it's more personal now that I've aged Mm mm-hmm and what is the reasoning for you? Like, what's the reasoning behind why you want to follow the rules? Like, what when it gets down to it, like, your, to your core, like, the thing that motivates you to follow the rule or pick up the plate or be in some sort of control, like, what is the thing that motivates you to do that, do you think? I think my motivator in trying to have a structure all the time which is how I look at it is there are rules to create structure there's you know picking up the plate because it has its place there's you know ordering everything because you don't want chaos I think my motivation comes from a deep need for that structure and that need to regulate myself that way Um, and so when I do things opposite of just like logistically but also like morally like following the rules and stuff I also think that somehow shuffles in my brain under structure because we operate as a society based on all these rules and all these laws and you know the school system I happen to work for is very effective and in my opinion of course and you know based on um, data that is out there so there must be a reason I I am not 30 years into my life I'm not four years into my career I'm not six years into parenthood to think I have all the answers sometimes you just have to do something that is accepted by society as more effective 
and trust the process until you come to a better understanding. Mm -hmm. So that's just to, to shuffle into the structure that's already there or to develop a structure for me. I just, that's mm -hmm. what I crave more than anything. That's my motivator. It's mm -hmm. good. It is good. How do you hope that people see you? You summed it up when you described the one. I think I've shared with our friend group so many times, my two biggest fears is to ever be viewed as dumb or dirty. And that is because the option, <laughs> like those are my two biggest fears. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Never want that. If I had a perfect world where everybody could just see me as one thing, it would just be good. Like I just strive. I don't want to be great. I don't want to be the best at everything. I want to be like dependable, reliable, consistent, hardworking, like someone who constantly strives to be better and do better. And then I, I think that is something I ask because then I want that grace for those times that I do slip up. So like, okay, Quinn messed up this time, but she is a great person. She's a great friend. She's a great wife. She's a great mother. She's a great employee. This one hiccup doesn't speak for all of the other good things that she's done. I want the good to cover up any minor or any major hiccups I might have in the future. Mm -hmm. And do you view others through that lens? Like the people in your the people in your life that like you're in relationship with, right? Do you view other people through that kind of lens like they're good, they show up for me, they whatever. Oh, they made a mistake. Well, that was just a mistake. Like they they tend to do these things. Is that the same way you kind of view others? So I'm really glad you actually asked that question again because I remember that was something else that I wanted to mention when I was asked about, you know, where do we feel, where do Enneagram ones feel misunderstood the most in? And I think that this kind of like piggybacks off of what you just asked me because a misconception about us and something that I want people to understand is that we don't look at the world through the lens of what is going on inside of our head all the time. Like, I think a, a synonym or a descriptor for Enneagram ones might be the critic, right? Like, I think that's common because um, we are very hypercritical, but I think the biggest misunderstanding thinks that everybody assumes that we're criticizing them or we're critical of their processes or anything like that. No, no, no. I am hypercritical on myself mm. and on things that I control. And if I do not do my best, if I am not being my best, if I am not, you know, contributing the most that I can, there is nobody I dislike more in the world than myself. And I think that's something that a lot of Enneagram ones struggle with mm -hmm. um, is because we're so critical vocally because we do think that there is a set structure that might work better than what's at play people assume that we think we're perfect when it's in the exact opposite case where we're actually like oh my god i'm a you know i'm a nincompoop how did i do that how did i do that <laughs> right. and it's like stuff that everybody else be like whatever quinn like it's fine it's no big deal i'm like oh my gosh i hope that they know that i'm actually a good person and that one minor hiccup does not speak to the volumes of what i actually am like mm -hmm. That is the internal struggle. So I do not look at others through the lens of, oh, they're normally a good person. I'll forgive this one hiccup. They're normally a good person. I'll forgive this one hiccup. I'll look at it like, oh, gosh, they had a hiccup. What did I do to trigger it? Why, mm -hmm. why are they treating me like this? Why did this situation go this way? What could I have done differently to prevent this situation from happening? Mm -hmm. Self, self, self in, like, the worst way possible. Right. Probably. No, definitely. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm actually pretty vain. I think about myself a lot, but it's like negative. So we, we wouldn't ask this of every ways. guest, obviously, because we, we won't know this about every guest, but we happen to know that your husband is also a type one. Mm -hmm. So how does that play out in your relationship? Like, Ooh. I mean, Ooh, like you're, because yeah. we're coming off of like, you're just like self, self, self in the most negative way. 
right? Mm-hmm. Well, and then you and Josh are both type ones. Yes. How does that play out? I don't know, just in your relationship as far as doing life. So doing life logistically is like a wonderful partnership for me and Josh as both being type ones because even though we're both type ones, he is more trusting in my abilities to handle logistics. So it's really been convenient for me to just plan out everything and he's usually fine with it or he'll suggest one thing or whatever and it's and it's fine and it's perfect. The issue that we both run into being type ones is the emotional side of it. And so anytime there's a conflict, I know one of his biggest strives that he's always coming to me with because we'll be going at it like you know any healthy relationship does at times. Amen. Um, and he'll say, I just feel like you think I did this on purpose or I feel like you think I'm a bad person. And I'm like, no, I don't. Because of our lack of like EQ, I'm like, I know you're a good person. I know that you didn't mean to do this, but it happened and we have to address it. And so he, he has a hard time separating self from act. So he thinks that because that act that he did was bad, he's bad. And I also struggle with that. Um, I think because a lot of our conflicts happen to be where, I love you, Josh, like I initiate it because I'm upset. So he's, you know, I don't know, he's getting targeted. It, it doesn't usually happen the other way, not because I'm perfect, but because he's so forgiving and so, you know, fine with my imperfections. And I'm, I'm probably a little bit more critical outwardly than he is. Um, the issue with me as a type one is, oh, so toxic, but I have to say, I will say I wouldn't have done that. Mm. I wouldn't have done that. And it's like, I can't fault him. And I, and I know that's something I need to grow out of. I know that's something I need to do better with, but he'll say, you know, it'll be an incident and he'll be like, you know, I'm not a bad person or I feel like you think this is who I am. And I'm like, well, I just wouldn't have done that. And that's not fair to him because... Right. The only reason we're having an issue is because he did that, but that's not the entirety of his resume. He's a wonderful husband, right. a wonderful father. And in those moments, it's very hard for us to navigate the emotional needs of both of us because he has a hard time separating self from action, and I have a hard time justifying little little small negatives from other people because I just try very hard not to have them. Not that I'm perfect, but because I'm so critical of myself, I, I try my best not mm-hmm. to let them happen. So that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like when things are good, they're great. But when yeah. things come to a head, we're like, all right. And it's just like two really low EQ people <laughs> fighting with words, man. Let's, let's I go. feel things. <laughs> Figure it out. And I don't want to support you right now. I can't support you because you're not listening to me. <sighs> I love it. It's hard. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in anything, just remember you're not too much. Not too much. Not too little. You are not too little. Just enough. Just enough.